1: Scoopy Scoop Radio in your airwaves, on the plane, on the train, everywhere you need to be. I am Brandon Scoopy Robinson, host of the Scoop B Radio podcast, which garnered 2.1 million streams on all platforms in 2019. Make sure to subscribe to the Scoopy Radio podcast on all platforms Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, TuneIn App, Stitcher app, or simply by visiting Scoopy Radio. And on the line right now is a guy who is a newly minted member of the Big 3. We've got NBA champion and NCAA champ Maurice Spates on the line. Sir, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me, man. I'm excited for it. I'm excited to have a good
2: uh, session with my guy Scoot, so I'm excited for it.
1: But of course, man, me and you met... In January, we met at the uh, we were both playing in the celebrity basketball game at at, at Week in, in Tampa. You told me you would get ready to do something big, and you did it.
2: Yeah, man. I just feel like this is the best situation for me and my family, and, and all the organizations and all the business I have going on down here. It's the best situation for me and my family and, and the big three. So I'm excited for it, man.
1: When you look at the big three and, and guys like Joe Johnson um, and, and other guys that you know have kind of Revitalize their careers um, and 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 had a new shelf life. How do you think that's going to help you similarly? Now, I just
2: think the big three has done a, does a, does a great job the last well since they've been starting about pitt, about like publicity and pitting guys on the, on a stage, kind of like the NBA, playing on CBS, playing on ESPN. I mean, playing on all the different outlets of um the TV outlets. So. For me, as a thirty-two-year-old, going to be playing that, and I still could play at the highest level, it's going to help me a lot and benefit a lot to meet guys, keep seeing me out there when I'm in shape and being able to do the things I do, and that's the biggest thing that I'm going to get from
1: it. The sixteenth overall pick in the two thousand and eight NBA draft, Maurice Space on the line with Scoopy Radio, radio. brother. um, I don't even know where to start. First of all. I uh, went to college in the Philadelphia area and I remember when you played uh, for the 76ers and um, I went to Eastern University right down the street from Villanova uh, by King of Prussia Mall. And uh, when I watched that Sixers team, um, to me, that always, the thing that always stood out was Andre Godala, Lou Williams, yourself. I feel like 30 for 30 should do a documentary on your team because it, they, they were ahead of its time. Do you miss those Sixers days? Yeah, I ain't
2: gonna lie, dude, man. It was, it was a brotherhood. We was young. It was fun. And a lot of people were starting to come on and started understanding that. And then, how many things happened. You know I mean? Things happened you know I mean? happen like they're always in the league. And the team was kind of broke up. And like you said, man, that team would have been dangerous if we had kept the same core, the, the guys we were getting. The team would have been real dangerous. So it was exciting, man, doing
1: that team. I feel like the big man is making a comeback. Um, okay. You have hybrid big men like DeAndre Ayton, uh, Joel Embiid of the Sixers, um, and and I feel like the, the the big man is making a comeback. If it, I think post Warriors dominance in the NBA Finals, not taking anything away from your championship team. If mm-hmm. you, yourself, you, who were drafted in 2008, were to start in the NBA today with the dominance or the the reemergence of the big man, do you think that you'd pick up where you left off at if you were a rookie currently in the NBA? It just depends
2: because I never really started. You see what I'm saying? I started along with the Memphis, so it's different when you come off the bench and start them. But I just think, sure. like, even back then, man, if I had the opportunity to come in like a lot of these people got do is come in and start, my career probably been different. But You'll never know because but even still to like even my last year in Orlando, I was still coming in the game and my plus minus was all I mean, I mean my my points per forty eight was always always a top twenty in the league. You get what I'm saying? So if I ever got a opportunity to start like I did in Memphis, uh I mean, I never I never know what will happen. You know what I mean? So probably, yeah. Because I got confidence in my game and my ability, especially my rookie year, my ability to jumping and athleticism was way crazier so yeah I probably would
1: yeah and it's, and it's funny because when I played with you that uh, game in Tallahassee you were taking a lot of threes um, I feel like that Embiid style of play where he's inside outside it, it reminds me a little bit of kind of Chris Webber uh, in his in his final years with the Sixers do you see any comparison between those two or do you see more of a Elijah Juan comparison See, I ain't going to lie to you. I don't really – I
2: haven't really watched that 18 uh, play that much this year. But yeah. last year when I did see him, yeah, it, it's more like a Elijah for me. It's more like a Elijah, Akeem elijah one. I think he played more like uh, – because I ain't – this year I haven't really watched him since he got back from his little submission thing. I haven't really watched him. I don't really watch the – I do really watch the games like that, but
1: I just dime in sometimes. The Golden State Warriors um are kind of having a down year. There's been injuries, Klay Thompson, Steph Curry, uh, you know, Andre Iguodala is now in Miami, uh and you know Draymond Green is is probably the iron man of that team currently. Um, what if injuries weren't an issue? Um where do you where would you see the Golden State Warriors uh, being currently? No, top five in the East. I mean, in the West. What was it like playing for a championship team like the Golden State Warriors?
2: Man, it's just a family. It's a whole family. So Golden State, the whole organization, the whole city, and the whole California, and all the people who follow it is like being in college again. Like anywhere you go, they always gonna be right there, and support you, man. Thanks to what you do for the, you know what I mean, for the city, all that. So it was like a dream come true, man. If, you, if you're if you an NBA player coming to the league, that's the kind of situation you want to be in. They treat the family right. They treat everybody right. Like, that's something to do with you. You see what I'm saying? So that's one thing. I can say they're a first-class organization. They mm-hmm. treat the family just like the players. Like, it's crazy, man. And that was, and that was for sure the best time of my career, the best time of my life, to be able to meet all those people out there in North California. And I um, mean just build a relationship that I'll
1: never forget. You played with Andre Iguodala in Philadelphia uh, and then was a teammate of his uh, in Golden State. Um, I guess my, my question is real. Where did you see his growth from beginning to that point in Golden State? Well, from Andre, man, you got to understand, I was
2: in Philly with him. Um, when he was a little younger. And a lot of people really didn't really like how you liked him in Philly. So, for me, I've seen his growth by always coming to work no matter what's going on outside of the court, and just finish that shot and go hard every day. Then when I seen him come and go to the state, I knew he was a whole different player because he went through um, the Denver then came out there. He mm-hmm. out there for a year. I mean, he did what he did, got them guys to the playoffs. Then he came to the Warriors. His, his IQ always been really smart. He's always been a really smart guy. He, he knows plays before it happens and all that kind of stuff. So I see him as being a GM or a coach one day or I mean, he's an owner or something one day. So that's what kind of, that's what kind of understanding. That's what kind of, that's how smart he is. You know what I mean? But I just seen his growth when he was a younger player until he got a little older and always knew how to play the game the right way and, and always got on the guys the right way. So it was good, man. Are you happy to see Steph Curry come back? Yeah, as always. I'm, I'm always happy to see him come back. Man, I know him and Clayton, it's and to come back. And those guys, don't like sitting out. If they could play, boy, they will play.
1: He would have been played. When In yeah. the 2000s, Kobe Bryant and yeah. Shaq and Allen Iverson were the shiny toy. You know, everybody was, was fawning over them. And then Tim Duncan was the guy who was very underrated. Yeah. He won a lot of championships, and he, was just an, he just excelled as a player. Comparatively, in the 2010s, LeBron James, Kevin Durant, and others were the shiny toy as well. But Steph Curry, in my opinion, was underrated too, despite the fact yeah. that he won a lot. Do you see a parallel between Duncan being underrated in the 2000s and Steph Curry potentially being underrated in the 2010s? only reason I say no because social media.
2: You get hmm. what I'm saying? Social media ain't going to let Steph Curry be like that because these kids, these kids who was, when we were winning championships, and kids who was in elementary school, middle school, becoming in high school now. Now they remember like, oh, growing up, man, I remember Steph Curry. You see what I mean? With the shot? so... That's coming those way with kids that's starting to understand, like, oh, yeah, Steph is our guy. But guys like LeBron, guys like Kobe, guys like all those guys. But I don't think Steph would be in that situation with Tim Duncan. Because like you said, Tim Duncan was overshadowed a lot. Because he did a lot of great things. (laughs) Why do you think Duncan was overshadowed? Like you said, he's a big man. He ain't do nothing nothing flashy. He just gets jobs done. No flashy play. He's not gonna celebrate. He's not gonna do none of that. He's gonna go out there and play. And you know how this is. They don't. These people these days don't really. You gotta. You gotta be do some special stuff. You see what I'm saying you gotta do special stuff.
1: And Tim Duncan didn't do that. Do you think that Steph Curry, when we look at the record books, um, will be a top? Well, let me ask this question: Do you look at Steph Curry as a top ten player now? Ever? No, currently. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> no, no question. What? what about ever? Yeah, he'll be a top. You... Yeah, I, I, I think I think that a lot of times a lot of people give lists, lists like, and I think there are so many good players out there. You know, you have LeBron James, you you have uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo. You know, you wonder if Kevin Durant. You know, when he comes back, what he'll be, he'll probably be fine. You have James Harden. I put a list on Twitter recently, and I put Steph Curry, and people were kind of like, but why? Uh, I, I think that when people get injured, people get amnesia, though. Yeah, that's crazy.
2: I get what you're saying, because think about it, He got a MVP back-to-back. Like, you can't. Come on, man. You see what I'm saying? Man, won three championships. hmm So, yeah, see, for sure. I give him top 20 ever. Like you're saying, it's a lot of players out there. I'm a to top 20 player, top 20 player ever. You can't. People gonna argue that because you a light skin look, look like a kid. Yeah, you can argue that he do that. Just be honest. That's why they argue that. Yeah, but, you know what I'm saying. But if if, if James Harden or Westbrook would have had three championships, back to back MVPs, anonymous, oh they oh they gonna be top 10 ever. Come on, bro. It makes sense. Yeah, see, he he is a top 20 player. Ever, top 20 player ever. You can nobody if people are great, well, they don't know basketball then. Yeah.
1: Scoop, Scoop B Radio on the line with Maurice Space, subscribe to all platforms, Google Play TuneIn and Stitcher app. Simply visit Scoop B Radio.com, you were a member of the 2007 uh, Florida Gators National Championship team. I remember watching that game uh, in the lounge at my school over an order of chicken fingers and just seeing Mm -hmm. um, the the greatness that was there with Joaquin Noah uh, and Al Horford. Um, First and foremost, Billy Donovan, are you surprised at how well his Oklahoma City Thunder team is doing this year?
2: Yeah. I can't, I won't lie. I won't lie and say I'm not. Because the guy, that team he got, man, and, and, and I, I, I hold a lot of that, I see a lot of that for, for sure, Chris Paul, because he's a leader. You see what I'm saying? He's a coach on the floor itself. So, he took those young guys. Coach Diamond's done a great job. But, you gotta think about, too, like I said, Chris Paul, he's been in the league a long time. He's been in different situations. He used to play there in Oklahoma when, you know what I mean? Remember that? So, you got you gotta give you gotta give some credit to the players also. You see, what I'm saying you got Steve, you still got Steve Adams over there. You got Big uh, Gallinari still over there. So those players on that team is just like players who hungry. You know what I mean? They ain't no bums. Them players who hungry and they're they the ones who sneak it up on people. People don't want to be OKC okay, no more. They sneak it up on them. You see, what I'm saying when KD was there. They were the ones got targeted on their back, the people trying to get them. But now as Chris called them, so they ain't to hunt no more. They they hunting. You know what I mean? They hunting. They ain't to hunt no more. They hunting. And when you do that, that's how Golden State came up. That's how Golden State came up. That's that serious before I got there when they had when they had Spurs on the ropes. You see know what I'm saying? Denver, they beat Denver. So when, you, when you're in just situation, you don't have no pressure. I don't have no pressure. We're going to go out here and play, give it out all, and win. A lot of people ain't going to take them serious, and that's how it is. That's how the league is, man. Certain nights, like the old Milwaukee. You go going, going to Milwaukee on a Wednesday night. You don't want to fucking play in Milwaukee on a Wednesday night. But now, <laughs> going to Milwaukee on Wednesday night, now it's like the, <laughs> the finals. You see what I'm saying? That's how it's, the different stuff is. So,
1: You like that, man. You like the thunder, man. You sneak it up on people. Why isn't your former Florida Gator teammate Joe Kim Noah playing in the NBA?
2: I, mean, I can't really. I don't, I don't know. I, I said. I said to myself, he plays hard. Man with Defensive Player of the Year, All Star. But you never know with this league, man. Maybe it's some stuff outside of I of the basketball. I never know. But I know he deserved to be in there.
1: I agree. The Lakers were looking at him. The Clippers were reportedly looking at him. Um, and you know, there are a lot of teams that that could use someone of his. Energy and his defensive prowess. I definitely Mm -hmm. think he's a miss in the NBA currently. When you look at Chris Paul, you mentioned uh, that CP3 uh, was a floor general uh, and that he was, you know, that he's the leader of that young squad. Um, You played for the Clippers as well. Were you guys teammates in LA? Yeah, I played with him. What is something that you observed about him as an opponent? or something that you didn't know about him as an opponent that you learned uh, when you became his teammate? Well, to be
2: honest, when I used to play, because, you know, that was our rival when I was in Golden State. We was, could be in with them battle. them battles. He's already competitive. He's never going to... You know what I mean? He's going to go hard, and that's something you always got to know you're going to get from Chris Paul. You know what I mean? But playing, being on his team, just the kind of person he is. You know what I mean? He kind of got like a... kind of got like a... Uh, what can I say that? Like a a leader kind of um attitude. He kinda of knows that, so he kinda of used that to his advantage sometimes, but he's a good person. You see what I'm saying? A lot of people might say he comes off a different way, but no, nah, he's a good person. Uh everything sitting on the bad and bottom. and I know if he could he always play through injuries and that kind of stuff. And it is just a good point guard, a good leader man for
1: us. You played with Steph. If I'm not mistaken, actually, well, yeah, you played with Steph and you played with Chris Paul. Not asking you to compare the two, but when you talk about point guards, what are the differences between those two players in your mind as a, as a teammate?
2: They all got a competitive. Um, they always want to compete at any time of the day. Probably just game. They always want to compete. Steph is a more, a little bit more stuck back, laid back and not too outspoken compared mm-hmm. to Chris Paul. Mm-hmm. Steph's going to go out there and and, 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 and not talk, but he's going to go out there and show. You see what I'm saying? Like Chris Paul's going to talk, and he's going to go out there and show, but Steph is like, all right, cool. It, one of those people, all right, cool. I'll right, show you better than i tell you. And you're never going to see him. you never going to – like like I told you, Chris Paul is a guy of God, He's going to get on his teammates. Steph's not really like that. Steph will say something to you when y'all go in the huddle, but he's not going to be like out there on the court screaming and yelling or, or pointing and making something look bad in what it is. You see what I'm saying? So, but that's who I was. They both gonna go out there and compete.
1: And, um, try to make the team better for sure. In Memphis, you played with Mike Conley. He's now a member of the Utah Jazz. Um, I look at him as a leader. Yeah. Um, I look at him as a guy that, you know, was, was beloved in Memphis for years. He's now in Utah. Do you like him in Utah? Like I said, I, like last night, the first time I watched Mike really over there,
2: and, and and you got to understand, Mike was at one team for 11 years. Maybe for mm-hmm. 11 years. Yeah, 11 years. So, that's different, man. You've been a team that long. You've been a man over there. You're going to have to go through an adjustment. He's going to go be a lot of rough passes for sure if you used to playing with a different team. So, yeah, I, I like him because he's a good player. He's a good person outside of the basketball. So, he'll figure it out. If he's there for a long run, he'll
1: figure it out. Mm-hmm. He'll figure it out. I have to be honest with you, Ben. When I look at your, your body of work, I was happy that you won a ring with the Warriors. Um, you made a brief stint with the Cavs. Uh, you played with Memphis for a little while. Um, and you played with the Clippers. I feel like, you know, Jay-Z made a song called Coming of Age. I feel like every stop you you, you made there was coming of age moments for you. Um, but to me, I'll always remember you as a 76er uh, because I feel like that team, uh, if I'm not mistaken, you guys went toe to toe with Boston and you went toe to toe with the Chicago bulls during your time in, in Philadelphia. No, see, see, that's the year that year you're talking about. That's when I got, that's when I got traded earlier that year to Memphis. That was the lockout year you're talking about. Okay. So it was, it was, so it was. It was when you guys were going toe to toe with the Bulls, correct? No. Nah, so the
2: years I played, with we went toe to toe with Magic. When we should have beat the Magic the first when they went to the championship. Right. Then the second year we made the playoffs. Then the third year was that's when Miami, the Big Three, first year in Miami. You see what I'm saying? Then that fourth year, that's when I was there for a little bit,
1: and I got traded to Memphis. That's when they played some Bulls. Boston. Yeah, that that era for me when I look at it, it was when I was in grad when undergrad and I went to grad school and I just remember seeing you and hearing your name and the way the announcer said your name. Uh it was it was crazy, the public address announcer. But I if I'm not mistaken, during that time you did play with Alan Iverson briefly when you came back to yep, Yep, yeah, yeah, yep, yep, I did. What <laughs> were those crowds like then? Crazy, man. Everywhere, everywhere you go
2: on the road, whatever. That's why what I was like, that's the first time I seen that happen. You know what I mean? I seen I seen how you go on the road here. And they call the guy's name out, he, they cheering on the road. I'm like, yo, that's crazy. Everywhere you go, is like a, it's like a, a final game. You see what I'm saying? Especially when you came back, it was crazy. And that's the year when I was on the way to my career, my career best. I was averaging, before I got hurt, I was averaging like 16 points, and I ended up getting hurt, and I missed a month and a half. You know what I mean? I came back, and it was there. So. Yeah, man, Iverson is a great person, also too, man. We live in the same apartment complex.
1: Really? Yep. Yeah. Mhm. Lou Williams seemed to be like I was mentored by him, idolized Allen Iverson, and there was just a rapport that was there. Are you surprised by the success that he's having currently in the, with the Clippers? No.
2: Nah, no. Nah. not surprised at all. I know him. Like me and him was like you know you see how him and Martell Harrell is on the second unit. That's how me and him was. We was silly with the sisters. You see what I'm saying? So the 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 guy stay in great shape. He, he he hoops the whole summer. He never take no time off. He does what he does, and he he play a game in his state. His, his, no matter what generation he gonna play in. He play a game at his pace. Nobody's never gonna rush him up. He's going to get to his spots. Ain't gonna do what he do. The guy gonna probably do that for. I don't know how many more years because he looks like he's not slowing down. He's getting better every year. It look like
1: you playing in the Big Three this summer. You guys get a lot of exposure. Um, who are you most looking forward to playing against in a big three this coming mm-hmm. summer? Uh,
2: it's nobody. I'm not. Gonna, I'm not. It's not nobody. I'm looking forward to. I just want to start there and see how it's gonna feel to be playing out there. It's mm-hmm. a little different. You know what I mean? Playing three on three, half court in front of all these people. So it's gonna be a little different for me, But one person. No, nah, I'm not looking for nobody. Like you see what I'm saying? Because. So for me I still gotta go in the, the roster and see who all on there. Mhm. You know what I'm saying? So ain't nobody I'm looking forward to play right now. But I know it's gonna be fun though. I got a lot of old teammates and a lot of old buddies who I talk to all the time who's gonna be playing, so I know they're gonna try to I know they're gonna try to go at <laughs> you know I
1: mean go at me or something. You spent time in overseas, uh playing in the C B A. Um yeah. I would imagine that during your time playing in the CBA you saw the influence that Stefan Marbury had or has in china. Yeah, yeah, what, yeah, he he's big over there, man. He's big over there. You yeah. talk about Alan Iverson getting love. What does a Chinese or CBA uh seen like with, with Stephon Stefan Marbury out there? Man, he got his own, he got his own like story,
2: got his own statue in front of the arena. Mm-hmm. I guess unheard of that guy I had that son like that. Yeah, so yeah, he he's definitely like he's definitely like the guy over there in every our special life and now he's coaching over there so I know they probably like that better. He just went over there, man, just I just showed us man, he left the NBA, went over there, made a lot of money, played basketball, had fun and just still. That's why I, I try to tell these kids all the time, man, it's a small percentage of people make it to the NBA. It's hard. It's real hard. That's why nobody everybody don't make it. You know what I'm saying? But if you have an opportunity to go somewhere else
1: and make money and
2: support your family, do it. Don't just pick up all your eggs and try to make the NBA. And that's it. No, no. It's a lot of money across that water. A lot of money. You know what I'm saying? So that's why I try to tell these young guys, man, the NBA is cool. That's that's every kid's dream. But if they have an opportunity to go overseas or somewhere and play for the money, do it. You see what I'm saying? Go. It's a, it's a, it, You will never do this outside of basketball. We would never make money like this outside of basketball. So let's just experience life, go overseas, and enjoy it, man, because at the end of the day, it's basketball. It's basketball. That's what, that's what we dream about doing, it's playing professional
1: basketball. You see what I'm saying? So that's that's why I think about it. What is something that you're working on outside of basketball that you that, that is of great passion for you?
2: So, yeah, I just started my trucking business, my 18-wheeler trucking business. Uh, that's something that I found that I really love. That I've been doing for, like, the last three weeks that has really been successful. Um, that's, and I do I and with my organization with my kids. I, I coach my AU team, my 17U team. But we got um, 34th grade coach. We got 34th grade team, 8th, 9th grade team. I mean, 9th, 10th grade team. The coaches on that is – that's something that's my passion, about helping kids come out of a certain situation and go to college. Over the last 10 years, I probably got 100 kids and go to college the last three since I've been around, I probably don't end up having twenty five, thirty kids go to college. So yeah, man, I just want always want look out for them kids, man. Do that, help my family and all that kind of stuff. So the AU team is the AU organization is something big that I really like doing. I got organization here in Florida, organization in Cali. My buddy Eddie Brown runs it out there in Cali. He's been doing a great job doing that. And then here, I got my all my coaches from um, Coach T, Coach Lowe's, Coach Chat. So, Zoe and Steve and all those guys on the young team, all those guys always hold down for me even when I'm not around. So,
1: appreciate them. Mo, help me understand something. I went to grad school at Hofstra University, so I was I was um I went I often was around Charles Jenkins, your former teammate with the Warriors. Yep. Um, he had his jersey retired in his Hmm. last season with the with the uh, with Hofstra while he was playing. I looked at you. Yeah, I looked at you. I looked at your um, your bio, and I noticed you went to three different high schools. You went to um, Admiral Farragut Academy. You went to uh, Hargrave Military Academy, and then you went to Gibbs High School. You had your jersey retired after one year, bro. What were you eating, and what were you doing on the court that you got your your jersey retired after your first season? You come over with Farragut. Yeah. Nah, I just
2: was I, don't know, I just was, was always a good kid, man. Just went out there and played hard every night. And that was like an honor. That's a big honor to be able to get in Jersey retired. I gotta retire TV at um at Hargrave also.
1: But, but you got your jersey retired after your first after yeah. your freshman year.
2: It wasn't no, it wasn't my freshman year. It was my it was my fourth year
1: at, at Farragut. But I went to public school for my first three years. Well, then look at Peter needs that ass kicked because it says you played at St. Petersburg Admiral Farragut Academy, which retired his jersey after one year. Yeah, that was my fourth year. That was my fourth year there. Okay. okay.
2: I transferred I transferred there after I left public school. Got you. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, you were still a bad boy, man, because everybody doesn't get their jersey number retired.
2: Yeah, I was shocked myself. <laughs> I was
1: shocked myself. I ain't gonna lie. I was shocked, man. You were listed as the 13th, number 13th power forward and the number one, or the number 51 player in the nation in 2006. Who do you remember going toe to toe with in high school nationally? Pierre Nouns. You know mm-hmm. who that is? Yeah, I know the name.
2: Pierre Nouns, the beast. That's somebody that he's from Memphis, man. A lot of people don't know of right now, but big body, strong, fast. And then, then the Lopez twins, they played with EBO, mm-hmm. um, Brooke Lopez, Robin Lopez. Those guys who I was competing with a lot. Um, Wayne Chisholm, Luke Cruz, like those guys like that. And uh,
1: those guys I really remember competing against all the time. Yeah. I was hearing stories about the Lopez twins and their brother um, and how they were doing damage in Fresno. Um yeah. Brooke Lopez is still kicking after all these years. In high school, were they were they playing, like, was it more Robin dominating and Brooke being a, a late bloomer? Like, what were those two like in high school? Bro, no, you got to understand, you got two
2: seven-footers playing against some high school kids. EBO, like, they was killing just how they do now. Like, but Robin, you know, Brooke is the more, like, always been a more bucket. He always been a more offensive player. That's the one with the short hair. Mm-hmm. And Robin always been a defensive player, but a monster. You see, know what I'm saying? They're both was monsters. Just playing against them in high school, I'm like, yo, I never seen no guys this big, two of them. And then the, the other team they had, they had Jasper on their team. So he's 6'6 point guard. Quincy deep he was He's 6'6 student guard. So as a high school team, man, there's nobody want to mess with them dudes, man. We almost beat them in Vegas, though. We almost beat them. It was me, Stanley Robinson, Chad Gray, RFP Uh... Glory Rodriguez, who's the head coach, assistant coach at FIU right now, and uh, Aaron Holmes, and all those coaches, yeah. but that team right there was too big and and too and too and too good. They was killing. They was always killing.
1: Last question. Best piece of advice that you've gotten that you've carried from point A to point Z. Scoop B Radio. Just go
2: 100 percent at what are you? every aspect of their life, whatever it is, because you never know. Like we we I've been a professional basketball player for so long and I never knew what time I'd like you'll never know when it could be taken away from you. So from a kid to whoever trying to be a um, making their life, just if you do something go hundred percent at it. Don't make the because the people before us didn't make the excuses. Like our parents, my parents had to go to work every morning at six AM and and sometimes they ain't not they ain't want to but they had to do it because it's support to family. You get what I'm saying? So that's how I look at life. If if, I, if I'm doing something, if I want to be a, a basketball, if I want to still play basketball, I'm gonna make sure I, I commit myself and sacrifice whatever it is to make sure that I'm gonna be successful at it. And that's what it always is. If if, if I want to be successful at something, I gotta go all in. It's no half ass and it. Yeah, it's not. Uh, I don't feel like no. It can't be that. I gotta go all in because I committed. I uh I committed to this. and You never know when it's gonna be gone. And that's aspect in business. If you want if you want to do a successful business. You gotta go all in on that business. You can't yeah. take three days off, four days off. No, you can't do that because you're impacting so many other people around you, not just yourself. You see what I'm saying? So that's the biggest thing, man. If you don't, if you choose something to do in life, go 100 percent at it. Don't half ass because
1: it's it's, it's 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 not just you; it's other people too. Don't half asset, full asset. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Brother, thank you so much for your time. I know we've been trying to get this done over the last few days. I've learned more about you, and um, I'm excited for your future in the big three and, and moving forward. All right.
2: Appreciate it, man. Appreciate you having me on here.
1: My brother. I'll talk to you soon. Thank you. Scoop B Radio.
0: Hold up.